It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On today's Locked on Thunder podcast, let's dive into why the Thunder are not tanking despite the recent injury stretch that they found themselves in and some of the more irritating narratives around the Oklahoma City Thunder. I'm your host, Rylan Stiles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Stiles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod. Email the show, LOThunderPod at gmail.com. On today's show... We're going to dive into that narrative around OKC. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball, even inside the Paycom Center after the Blue game this morning, shoot around this morning, getting set for the Thunder and Jazz game later on today. It will be a fun one to watch for the Thunder moving forward. Now, the reason that this narrative around SGA, around the Thunder, is so bad is because it isn't true. SGA was placed in health and safety protocols on Wednesday, and he's also dealing with an abdominal strain that was seemingly trending in the right direction prior to him being uh, placed in health and safety protocols. And this led to a lot of, of course, narratives and mostly jokes on Twitter about the direction of the Thunder this year, about them possibly tanking, about them possibly, um, you know, not going all out for wins. And while I understand the jokes, I understand the reasoning for why you want to use Twitter as a place of engagement, as a place of memes, as a place of of just inside NBA jokes that really hit home with a vast audience. I, I respect that a lot. I, I don't begrudge anyone who uses their platform that way, especially, you know, Kevin O'Connor was one that did it um, whenever Shea was placed in health and safety protocols. I think that it should be followed up with, though, the, the detailed account of the fact that that's just a joke. That's how things get spun out of control. That's how things kind of get run wild around Oklahoma City and around this whole idea of them being a tanking team. And as a matter of fact, the Thunder have never finished with a bottom three record in the NBA uh, in, the, in this stretch of this rebuild. So that kind of got out of hand early and often, and it continues to get out of hand each and every time something pops up. And so whenever you make the constant joke, it becomes a reality. And in every joke, there's, a, there's an underlining truth to it um, that gets perpetuated throughout the NBA world. And I say all that to just say, this season has been a run of bad luck. Bad luck that tanking teams deal with, bad luck that great teams deal with. We all remember the season in which the Thunder had a competitive championship caliber roster with Russell Westbrook, with Kevin Durant, and injuries derailed their season. This is the same thing that's happening here. Well, the roster is not championship caliber, and the roster is not even play-in caliber uh, at the end of the day right now, where it's at with two games back of the play-in. The messaging being, whenever you lose 
key pieces of your rotation, you can only take that on for so long. And this has been a thing that's happened throughout the entire season. Going back to August, you lose Chet Holmgren. Uh, this season, you've lost Pokashevsky for a significant amount of time. You've lost Jeremiah Robinson Earl for a significant amount of time as well. And when those things happen, it gets harder and harder and harder to win games. And eventually, losing Shea for this stretch after the All-Star break has uh, been the straw that breaks the camel's back in the sense of giving them you know, four straight losses, five straight losses uh, down the pike. But this is not tanking. The Thunder are not going to finish with the bottom three record. The Thunder are not going to bring in Josh Hall or Jalen Hoard or Gabby Deck and fill in minutes for their last 20 games of the season. The Thunder are going to try to win. They just might not be good enough to win right now because you keep subtracting key pieces from their roster. You keep subtracting key pieces from their rotation. And every time you do that, someone else who was behind them for a reason in their rotation has to try to step up and try to do too much or expand their role too much. Whereas you, you lose that complementary aspect of it. I mean, even Jeremiah Robinson, he's back now. He looks completely different from what he did pre-injury. You've lost Kendrick Williams, a guy who ties in this core together, a guy who, who has been a glue guy for this roster. Uh, Chet Holmgren, of course, is the highest draft pick of this rebuild uh, entirely. And then SGA is an all-NBA guy. And all while they've done this, all while they've gone this losing streak, they're still a couple games out of the play-in with games against everyone in front of them. They're going to play the Jazz twice this weekend. They're going to play the Lakers again. If they win that Lakers game, they win the tiebreaker over L.A. in what could be meaningful down the stretch. They have the tiebreaker over Portland in what could be meaningful down the stretch. So even with the adversity that this team has dealt with, the second youngest roster in NBA history, the youngest roster this season for the second straight year, even with all of that, they're still right there. And in these games where they're losing, they're playing high-caliber teams. You know, the Kings twice, the Suns lost. Like, those are high-caliber teams that you took pretty well to the wire without your best player. And those things matter, and those things still um, need to be taken into consideration as you continue to progress this narrative of the Thunder tanking, of the Thunder not trying to win. They're trying to win. They're trying the best that they can. And it's just a matter of when you look at this rotation and you say to yourself, wow, you know, Jeremiah is really struggling. Why is he still back on the floor? You got to play somebody. You can't play the five best guys any given night, 48 minutes. You've got to get other guys in the, onto the court. And it just so happens that whenever you don't have Chet, when you don't have Poku, when you don't have Kendrick Williams, you lessen anyone to, to, to fill in for Jeremiah Armstrong or whoever else might be having an off night where you have to go back to guys on an off night. And still, Josh Giddy and Lou Dort had an off night Tuesday. They played 19 minutes with, with the roster constraints that, that Mark is under with these injuries. You know, Jeremiah Armstrong, they went away from him down the stretch um, of these last couple of games in the sense of closing games, uh, despite him starting on Wednesday. Like, they are trying the best that they can. It's just that the roster right now is not deep enough, given the injuries and given the youth on this team, to really uh, win these games without Shea. And a lot of these games look different if they had Shea. And I, I do not think that we've seen the last of Shea. I think that Shea will come back this season. It's just incredibly unfortunate luck that he would be placed in health and safety protocol. And I think it's it's somewhat irresponsible to, to use health and safety protocol and use it as if it is some made-up thing or some, some tanking thing. Being placed in health and safety protocol is incredibly serious. It's incredibly, uh, you know, uh, something that should be taken seriously. And for SGA, 
once he clears that, I'm not sure uh, how far behind that'll be from him playing. I think that once he clears health and safety protocols, he'll pretty well get back on the floor. Uh, obviously, we're not sure the severity of uh, the sickness or what it might, uh, you know, or, um, you know, if he needs some time to condition real quick and then get back on the floor. But I think that we will see Shea play again this season. And if that's all it takes to to swell to, you know, to swelter this um, tanking narrative, well, then I think that that's pretty silly because the Thunder have played Shea all year long. If they if they wanted to tank in, in August, they had an opportunity to. When you lose Chet Holmgren and, and you're staring down the barrel of, at the time, what looked like an incredibly elite draft. The 2023 draft class is still awesome. It's still incredible. But there's not seven elite guys like we once thought that there were in this draft class. There's a few elite guys. And you could have used that opportunity in August to then go empty the chamber if you wanted to. They didn't want to. They wanted to go out there and compete. And so this season, they're not going to tank. They're going to ride it out. And that might not mean the play-in, though. Like, it, it doesn't have to be one or the other. Not tanking just means they're going to play as optimal of a lineup as they can to try to win basketball games. But each passing day, these guys just happen to to get injured. I mean, getting surgery is not something that, that you just make up or, or as a tanking, you know, kind of kind of masquerade. Kendrick Williams, who's having a career year in a lot of categories, including rim shooting, including corner three-point shooting, including mid-range shooting, he's having a career year in a lot of ways. He is now getting wrist surgery and out for the season. Like that's just tough luck, and it's something that every team deals with without it having to be some massive black eye for the sport or some massive uh, tanking conspiracy. And I'm not sure what the Thunder are going to have to do to shed that uh, aspect and to shed that narrative from around them moving forward. But it should come quicker rather than later. Coming up, we'll talk about Dario Sarge and his fit with Oklahoma City, which we've seen so far work incredibly well. We're also going to talk about how the Thunder move forward in these next few games here against the Jazz uh, coming up this weekend. But first, I want to say right now, better good friends over at Nissan. Nissan is incredible. The Nissan Aria is something that is delightful. It is where you want to be, and they're bringing you the most electric player of the week brought to you by the all-new all-electric 2023 nissan aria you can see the answer to this week's nissan aria's most electric player of the week is clear it's Jalen williams because he is the definition of electric the definition of brilliant ferocious intensity fiercely elegant stunningly powerful and really he does it all. Scores at all three levels. He's facilitated very well with SGA out of the lineup having to step up in that role. And just like the 2023 Nissan Aria, he packs a pin-to-your-seat power with premium intelligence all in one EV. All new, all electric 2023 Nissan Aria. The EV for people who love to drive. Shop now at NissanUSA.com and go visit them to check out the Nissan Aria because it's a lot like Jalen Williams. And folks, you want more Jalen Williams in your life. There's already two on the Thunder. You want even more and more and more uh, but for Jada, he's been awesome this season and continues to thrive but that's the most impressive part about his rookie year there has not been a rookie wall there's also not been a rookie wall in the sense of progression so not only has it not hit you know in the sense of fatigue but each and every game for as good as he's been the night before he gets even better he gets more aggressive he gets more balanced he gets more um just overall talented for this Thunder team. The Thunder really needed him down the stretch of this season. We'll continue to need him for the stretch of the season. That should not be undersold how much better he's getting night in and night out, especially for a guy who's playing the most basketball of his entire career. Like these guys in high school and college don't play 82 games. He's, he's having to manage that um, just like every other rookie. So he's been impressive this year, continues to be awesome, and 
So does Nissan Aria. So check out the Nissan Aria today. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast. On the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you, talking Thunder basketball. For your next listen, check out the Lockdown NBA show for the national perspective on everything happening around the association. I want to talk about the Thunder signing Jared Butler. This move puts their roster back at capacity. Uh, he is inked to a two-way deal. And I think that this is a more significant move than what some might give it credit for. Obviously, it's very hard to predict these things and predict uh, when a move will be important or not until it actually kind of comes to flourishing uh, down the line. But when you look at Jared Butler, this is a more high upside swing. No offense to Olivier Saar, no offense to Eugenio Morui or Lindy Waters. Uh, those guys, you know, the best their ceiling would be two ways in 10-day contracts. Whereas uh, with Jared Butler, this guy might turn out to be something. He might fall more in line with Aaron Wiggins and Lou Dort. Now, if we're betting money, the odds-on favorite at FanDuel would probably be, if they had such a line, would probably be uh, Jared Butler on the Thunder roster next year. Heavy favorite, no. But I think that this move could set up a way where he's on a two-way deal next year, where you know you sign him this late in the season to a two-way deal to get him into your developmental system early, to get him with the blue early, and to see how he progresses within your system. A system that has seen a makeover of many players who, who look much better in OKC than they looked at their previous stops. And for Jared Jared Butler, he did some things at his previous stop in Utah. Now, remember, Jared Butler, heavy draft favorite, draft darling, draft prospect um, out of Baylor, won a national title with the Bears, and many people, including myself, had a first-round grade on him entering draft night, and that was a pretty well consensus. And then he fell on draft night to pick 20 uh, and was traded to the Utah Jazz on draft night, and last year for the Jazz played a vital role for them in his limited action. It, it kind of reminds me, whenever you look at his synergy numbers, look at his clean-the-glass numbers of Isaiah Joe, a guy that played really, really well last year, but just did not get enough opportunity or enough um, or enough of a role to to say things are for sure elite, right? So, for example, his pick and roll is elite over a point per possession and in the 91st percentile in the NBA. However, he was obviously not tasked with being a starting point guard or even a high rotational point guard for the majority of the season. So is that elite or is that small sample size theater? We've got to wait and see uh, with Jared Butler, but you're going to get a chance to see it with the blue. And, and for the downstretch of this season, you might see him get called up a little bit and uh, play for the Thunder, especially if they continue to deal with injuries. Uh, you never know what will pop up. And the Thunder at times do need an extra ball handler especially off of the bench. So I think that this is a no-risk but high-reward move. Do I think that Jared Butler will ever become a standard NBA deal for the Thunder? No, but I do think that there's a pathway for him to take up one of the two two-way slots for next year's roster uh, if they are impressed with what they see in their system uh, this season uh, for the remainder of the season with the OKC Blue and whatever time he might get for the Thunder. The big things for him is can he find a way to shoot the ball better? Uh, he did not shoot the ball very well from three. And can he defend? Uh, at his size, 
uh, he, he's already at a disadvantage. And then some, te some technical things, some fundamental things that he did wrong as well uh, hindered him defensively. He didn't really have a great category on defense except for closing out on spot-up shooters. Uh, and this Thunder defensive scheme, you know, if you ever want to see him play in a Thunder uniform, is not really set up to hide guys. And, and the Blue play a very, very, very similar style to the Thunder. And that's great for the Thunder and kind of meshing their two organizations together. But again, the Blue play a style just like the Thunder where you can't hide somebody defensively. You're going to have to put them in switches and put them in opportunities to be a point-of-attack defender at times. And Butler has not shown that ability yet in his NBA career. Maybe that's an area he's improved upon. Uh, and I think that the scenario with Utah is very interesting uh, of how he went from you know, somebody you traded for at pick 40, then you start a rebuild and you move on from him, and he has not played a game this year uh, in the NBA. Uh, he played three in the preseason, was not very good in the preseason for the Jazz, and, and, and he's been off of their roster ever since. So I'm interested in it, I'm fascinated by it, but I'm not sure uh, how much it means long-term besides the fact that I, I do think it might plant a seed for what they do with one of their two-way deals next season if he's able to play at a high level on a two-way deal. Do want to talk about uh, Dario Saric as well. Dario Saric, I think, is one of the more fascinating cases for the Thunder. Uh, as, as we sit here today, there's no way he gets waived because there's just no reason to waive him uh, You know, this season. They've already missed the deadline to waive him and allow him to be playoff eligible for another team. And if you're going to waive him and he's not playoff eligible, what was the point of waiving him? So they're going to keep him for the remainder of the season, as we already knew. But that's been official now uh, this week as they missed the deadline uh, on Wednesday was the deadline to waive guys to make them playoff eligible. Now, thinking long term, I do wonder what the balancing act is for this roster crunch of SARS played really well. He's kind of fit with what you want to do. He's spoken very well about the team and about kind of what his leadership role can be and kind of gelling them offensively. But you're in a massive roster crunch where you're going to have a couple picks this year, the first round pick, the second round pick that you got, um, and you're going to need those roster spots to fill up with those two draft picks. You have at the end of the year, whenever every, whenever all these contracts clear out, you're going to have one open roster spot for sure whenever you decline Lindy's team option. And Saar is an expiring deal, so that'll be a second roster spot. But do you bring Saar back at all? It's just you know, Saar back at all um, for for next season or beyond. I still lean no, but I would not be floored if it's a yes because let's face it, we're getting to that point where you know if you continue to draft well where guys demand minutes right away in year one, they're going to be playing over some of these guys that have struggled that have been here for a year or two years or three years uh, to where if you're going to phase those guys out anyway, you might as well keep Sarge and make the team the best possible. So that's kind of what it boils down to with me is for, for, for Dario Sarge. Next season, I think that if you're only trying to maximize the overall rating on 2K of what this roster could be next year, Sarich would be on it. However, if you're if you're bringing in upside, if you're bringing in you know upside as, as a trait, age as a trait, contract as a trait, if you're bringing in all these other things, trade value as a trait, if you're bringing in all bringing in all these other aspects which you have to do whenever you evaluate a roster. Um, then it's getting harder and harder to envision uh, where he falls. But he's played very well and deserves a lot of credit for how he's played for OKC. And he's been awesome uh, in the back-to-back -back as well. 21 points against the Kings, played really well against the Lakers. Uh, so we'll talk more about this Thunder roster, including how they're going to fare tonight against the Jazz, all coming up. But first, I want to say right now, my good friends over at Built Bar. Bilt Bar is a fantastic protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to Bilt Use promo code LOCKED15. Get 15% off of your next order. You can find them today at BiltBar.com. And 
in the Walmart and Sam's pharmacy section. Uh, go check them out today, wherever you have internet access in, wherever you have access to a Walmart. They have so many great flavors, like my personal favorite, cookies and cream, peanut butter brownie, chocolate chip cookie dough, a double chocolate, mint brownie, raspberry, cherry barcia. They even have maple donut right now as limited time only flavor. So check it out today. It's great pre-workout, post-workout as a meal replacement or as a snack. 130 calories, loaded in protein. You're not going to want to miss Built.com. So go check it out, Built.com, promo code LOCKED15. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast. On the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Not sure how the episode is going to be frank in the Paycom Center, but we'll be back in hours from now to recap the game against the Utah Jazz while we're back in our studio, so it'll be fine. But nonetheless, these games against the Jazz are pretty important. The Thunder are two games out of the play-in. They're also two games out of the fifth-worst record in the NBA. So things can swing rather quickly this weekend whenever you host the Jazz on Friday and on Sunday. As of right now, the Jazz list Clarkson and Sexton as out. As of right now, the Thunder list SGA and Kendrick Williams as out. The Thunder did call up Usman Jang. And whenever they did that, it goes all the way back to the first segment of like people freaking out that this was a tanking move. No, this was a, hey, number one, first and foremost, the Thunder just need bodies to, to go through and depth and like guys to even have a chance that if somebody doesn't play well, maybe this guy can get hot. And if you're thinking to yourself, well, the last time that I saw Usman Jang play, he was not NBA caliber. Everyone to a man that I've talked to with the Blue has, talk, has talked about his progression, especially as an aggressive, more physical player. The lone glaring weak spot of Usman Jang's game, his first time around the NBA, second time around the NBA. Uh, but... Aside from that, the Thunder just need a guy that they can go to that if someone else is having an off night, might get hot. And, and you could say to yourself, you don't think that that'll be Usman? What did you think it would be Lindy Waters a couple games ago whenever he started shooting five straight threes uh, in the third quarter in a pivotal game? Like, it, it can be anyone that steps up. And secondly, second, while it's not a tanking aspect, it's just a simple truth. This is a lottery pick that you traded three first-round picks for. You need some more miles on the car in the NBA, some more opportunities for him in the NBA, and still fairly big games uh, here down the stretch of the play, of the play-in chase and, and trying to win games where you can get film, you can get opportunity from, you can get experience for him that he can then take and learn from this summer. Uh, and so him getting recalled this morning before the Blue game really – I think revealed Mark's hand a little bit because this organization is very calculated and I'm not sure why you would recall him and not play him. I think that they're going to play him. I think that they're going to have him in the rotation uh, and we'll see what he does on Sunday as well. There's no blue game on Sunday, so he should stay in OKC and uh, and play for the Thunder and play in the NBA squad for Sunday, but that's kind of forecasting a bit too much. What do you think will happen for these games against the Utah Jazz? I'm going to stop bothering these people at the Paycom Center and wrap up this podcast until tonight whenever we recap the Jazz game. Be good and be good to one another. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.